This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Questions podcast, the weekly collection of your Questions from Wabash Station, Tim Fitzgerald, Ryan Gilbert, Zach Carlson on another Zoom podcast. Uh, I'm going to be Zooming forever. Now both of these guys are in the same town as I am, and I still can't meet up with them. Well, Gills has been out licking bar tops in Aggieville. He's been like uh, just running around looking for the COVID, uh, and Zach's been hunkered down in his basement like a good Zach. Uh, we're sponsored by the fridge. Gills went to the fridge the other day. Was that your first time to the fridge? I've been there a few times, but oh, I see. Yeah. First time spending more than a couple bucks. Yeah. Wait a minute. When'd you turn twenty-one? Mm-hmm. March eleventh. Hmm. hmm. And quarantine began about that time, and you've been to the fridge. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. I hmm. gotta go. See you guys. Anyhow, if you're over 21, or 21 and over, I should say, go to the fridge. Don't take a fake ID in there like Gills and get them in trouble. <laughs> I told him to live it up, and he bought Bud Light instead of Natty Light. It was kind of wild. He, yeah, I really wow. felt rich buying that. <laughs> Wait, did, you give him a, did he get a gift card? Yeah. He <laughs> you uh, got those waiting right there. See those? Ooh, wow. Oh, nice. Flipping it around. Oh, yeah. Nice. Why don't and you have it in the fridge? Got the Jim Beam. Well, Jim Beam. You're right. It's a mini fridge. It doesn't hold a lot. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Get into the Very fridge beautiful. when you're in town. Thank you so much, the you, fridge. You bet. They, they love us. Uh, hey, they just announced the ticketing options. I know you're trying to pour over that, figure that out. You can go to three games or you can go to two games. Maybe you can find a way to get both ticket packages and go to five games. Maybe you're that special. But ticketing options are out. If you want to catch a game at the bill, there's your options. Three-game package includes that Arkansas State game, which we have a preview of as Adam Suderman breaks down the Red Wolves on the front of Go Power Cat today. Lots of stories have been flowing across Go Power Cat. On this fine Tuesday, heading into Wednesday, make sure you're subscribing. It's 50% off a subscription right now at Go Power Cat as we continue to celebrate the 10th anniversary of 24-7 sports. And our segments are brought to you by the High Low and Tanners. Make sure you're stopping in. Make sure you go in there. They are being careful. They're being very careful to not get all of their customers covered in viruses. That's just a good theme. I think it's a, it's it's something that Aggieville should just embrace. 
We're anti-virus in Aggieville. And you know what we're talking about. That should be the scene. The, the t-shirt slang scene. I can't talk, guys. Is it going to be a problem if I can't talk on a podcast? Big problem. Well, here we go with your <laughs> questions from Wildbass Station, sponsored by The Fridge. Here's Ryan Gilbert. First question of the podcast from Purple Powerhouse. What are you thinking about K-State's announcement of 25% of the stadium, quote-unquote, filled on game days? Also, I've seen that numerous Big 12 schools are going with the 25% model. Thing is, 25% of Bill Snyder Family Stadium is hardly the same as 25% of stadiums at OU or Texas. Is that fair? Or in the ages of COVID, do we even care? Yeah, I don't think I mean that big a difference to you, Zach. I mean, we're talking, you're, you're complaining about percentages, but there's still, Texas is double, double Bill Snyder family stadium if it's full. So if you're talking about fairness, is it fair that Texas has 50,000 more seats on a, in a normal year? I mean, I don't, the, the percentages are, you know, I think that it's fine to have it all across the board. I think that finding 25% is probably pretty fair, uh, in the age of COVID, um, I'm I'm kind of shocked that Riley County actually said, yeah, we'll let you do it. Maybe not shocked, but just surprised that they did it this early, I guess, saying, hey, we'll let you have fans in the stands. But um, I think it's good. Uh, it'll get at least a few people in to Manhattan. Um, being able to see the games, it'll make a, a KU-ish game day experience. Um, you know, some empty seats, but... You know, better than nothing. Man, I I was surprised it was that low. I think it was a compromise number. I'm sure K-State went in looking for 40 or 50, and faced with getting none, they settled on 25%, which does seem like the number everyone's going for. It is a little bit lower than I, I think maybe would be safe, but um, everyone's being so cautious. So I... I feel badly if people genuinely can't get in that have tickets and want to be in. Uh, that sucks. A lot sucks going on. Um, you can come park in front of my house. I'll give you the Wi-Fi code, and you can watch the <laughs> tailgate in the cul-de-sac. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll be here watching whether the press box is open or not. So um, a lot of stuff to work through. I mean, it's nothing right now in life seems that ideal. But we got to make the best of it. From Euler Cat 2, watching some NBA and MLB, I have noticed that they are piping in crowd noise to the empty stadiums. Do you think this is something K-State will do? It could be a way to test out the new speaker system. Other schools have done that, even with full crowds. Could replay, uh, you could replay the noise from the blocked punt against uh, the blocked punt touchdown against OU, probably, arguably, loudest moment in stadium history. Zach, where do you stand on piped-in noise at K-State? Um, I mean, if it's like ambient noise, you know, just kind of the yeah the fan, I guess. Not like something that's like loud, but, you know, if it's just kind of ambient noise, you know, maybe it's okay. But, I mean, thinking back to spring games in the past, you know, when you had about 10,000, 12,000 people there, I mean, that's really what it's going to look like and sound like, you know, it's just going to be kind of a nice afternoon out at the stadium. Just, you know, nothing. I don't, I don't want to say not serious, but, you know, just kind of leisurely is kind of how I, I feel it. I feel like people won't be, you know, yelling as loudly 
you know, cheering as loudly. I think it's just going to be kind of a relaxed atmosphere. So I don't, I I don't know. I, I don't think, you know, if ESPN or Fox, if they want to pipe in some crowd noise to, to make it seem better, but you know, if there's some fans there, I think that you're probably not going to need that. It'll probably sound close enough to a stadium. You know, if they're not doing it for KU games, you know, you probably don't need to do it for the rest of them. I know it's easy to punch down to KU, but I mean, that really is <laughs> seeing what KU has had in their stands for the last however many years is a really good comparison to see. Is that a microwave? Oops. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Sorry. My roommate's making himself some food. Hey, um, roommate, stop it. <laughs> I got my headphones uh, in. He can't hear you. Stop it. Okay, go ahead. Fitz says yeah. stop it. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah, like I think KU's a good, a good model to look at, you know, just seeing how few fans they've had. That's what college football is going to look like. So, you know, compare that, I guess. <laughs> I know. I, uh, I think uh, maybe pregame, you know, you got the Wabash cannonball and you got all that stuff. I, I think you got to pipe that in. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle it. I think they will pipe in some music. I'm all for you. You're right, Zach. Just kind of ambient so that there's an underlying noise there and then maybe something for big plays. Is Have they made a decision on the band? I, I figure if, if fans are going to be there, you'd think that they'd at least let a band, you know, they can sp- they can move them wherever and spread them out if, if you're concerned about it. But I feel like you kind of got to have it. If you're, if you're going to have some fans – I think that that means that you're okay with having some other things. You know, that means that, you know, if you're okay with fans coming to games, it means you should be okay with having the band there, cheerleaders, Are we okay mascots. Are blowing lung contents through a trumpet out to the world? I don't know how that works, to be honest. Well, but, yeah, I mean, you, I just, you could the, take a chunk of what is the student section and just spread the band through it, you know, really spread them out. I mean, I really think that – allowing fans is kind of the the gateway to say hey it's normal you know we're gonna have as normal of a college football season as possible and if you're gonna let fans in i think that that needs to translate across the board that means band maybe don't let them on the field and do marches or anything maybe make them like a pep band you know make it smaller you know move them wherever you want if it's gonna you know limit the spread of anything maybe test the band, have them make sure that they're testing negative before they go blow their instrument across the sky. Um, I don't know, but I just, I think that if you're going to let fans in, you need to have some degree of normalcy. And I think that letting fans in, you're saying, yeah, it's, we're kind of normal. Next question from three G wildcat. Do you think the alcohol sales and no pass outs will become a permanent part of K state game days? I think someone posted this, and it's exactly right. This offered them a perfect, like, test run, uh, you know, a five-game test run with limited crowds to see how it works, you know, see what the demand is, and then you can take it times four or whatever. I think this is good, and I think it will stay. And I think we're done seeing people able to leave and reenter unless there's, I don't know, a medical reason or something. I don't know what it would be. But uh, going out to get drunk at halftime and never coming back in is done. If you want to go out at halftime with the intent of not coming back in, that's one thing, but uh, I think people, a lot of people will stay. Yeah. I think that 
I replied on one of the threads saying that this is really the perfect opportunity for K-State. As unfortunate as this pandemic is, and as unfortunate as not having as many fans as you might want in the stadium is, uh, look, K-State, the reality is K-State wants alcohol sales in the stadium. It's going to make K-State a lot of money being able to finally capitalize on, you know, being the, the sole provider of alcohol at K-State games, or at least during the game. You know, you can do whatever you want at your tailgate pregame tailgate pregame but uh yeah going out to you know there's no need to go out at halftime anymore that's what people are going out for i mean i know other people go out for other stuff but um you know the the re-entry thing that's one of the factors to having alcohol sales is you're not going to allow it you don't want people going in and out um it's just just the reality but as unfortunate as the pandemic is, this gives K-State essentially two years between normal football seasons, praying everything goes well for 2021. But it'll be enough time that I think people will be excited to have football back and being able to go to games that they're, they're going to be happy just being there and being allowed to watch a football game in person versus you know not being able to go out to the parking lot at halftime too. So I think that this is kind of a good transition period and it'll – people aren't going to make this a big deal had it been in a normal year. I don't know. I think that the no tailgating was a little bit of an overreaction because with that kind of crowd size, you can really distance out the parking lot, restrict people to being, you know, car loads only, you know, whoever's in your car can be at your tailgate, that type of thing or family. But I, see I, that I, I, I don't know. I just felt like that's just hard to police. And do you want people policing? Do you want somebody coming up and being like, Hey, who's all here? Who's accounted for? You know, I mean, well, should we really have a Gestapo, yeah, I know. a tailgate Gestapo doing that? That's I mean, I think exactly that, why they went with no, but I just think it's a shame. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's a shame, but I mean, I think that's no tailgating was the only answer there. I mean, it's almost like it's a basketball game. You got 12,500 people. That's how many people fit in Bramlage and nobody tailgates for basketball games. So, which is a damn kind of shame. I, uh, kind of the way I, I think about it. I think there's some overreactions here. Like we, we found out that videographers can't be on the field. I don't understand how that's, I mean, I grant you're limiting the number of people, but it's not like you're hanging out with the players. You're nowhere near the players unless they run into you, but. I just thought it was, you know, a lot of things going on here that are being ultra, ultra, ultra careful, which I can respect. And also, I think sometimes they get carried away. The whole no tailgating thing. I mean, I get it. You know, you have to do that. But it's just it's pretty funny. You know, students around here, there's no way that they're not going to find their own tailgate, whether it's in Aggieville or in their backyard. So, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. But the spread will the virus will still be spreading for sure. Yeah, I think the other thing, though, is it, let's say Raleigh County does see a major spike. You know, I think that I think that having no tailgating, it limits the chances of that happening. Not that it's not going to happen, but it's, you know, just one other factor. But if we really want to see a full football season, you know, that requires the community not having a major infection, too. So. You know, I think it's it's not just limited to the players. The the community can't be getting this either. So mm-hmm. I think what Riley County needs to do is figure out, hey, this is our target number of total active cases for us to remain mostly safe and being able to do most of everything. And if we reach above that, you know, we might get worried. I don't know. I just think that 
there needs to be a bit more of a formula here as to what the game plan is when it comes to what are we going to do when we have X number of cases. From Wildcat Pilot 88, will bowl games be played? No, I don't think so. Not that I know of. I mean, half the teams aren't playing. I think they're just going to do the playoffs and call it good. I'd be interested to see if they expand the playoffs this year. I mean, it'd be kind of a shame to not have two conferences in with expanded playoffs finally, but it would be cool to see it, you know, having two teams from each conference and then having a couple group of fives or whatever, how many, how many of the group of five are playing, you know, whoever the best two others are. I mean, it'd be cool to see an 18 playoff like that, but then again, you're increasing the chance of spread in the wintertime and, you know, you probably just want to play a four-team playoff, but yeah, I don't see how bowl games get played. But at the same time, if bowl games do get played, um, there's a lot of bowls that they don't have teams. There's no teams. So if you if you look at how many conferences aren't playing and you subtract those teams, there might be as many bowl slots available as there are teams playing. So you might not even have to win a game to make a bowl game <laughs> if they're going to play bowl games. I mean, if the bowl games are intent on playing games, it could be really cool to see, you know, the Music City Bowl. Well, I think that might be an SEC and ACC team, but look at all the Big Ten and, and Pac-12 bowls. Right. The, you know, a lower level Big 12 or SEC or, or uh, ACC team could go to. I mean, I, I don't holiday think... Bowl? Holiday Bowl? Yeah, you know something like that, you know, if, if they don't have teams, you know, maybe everybody gets to go to a bowl, but cause I don't think the bulls are going to want to play in, no. in the, in the spring or in the, the summer, whenever they play. I think that if the bulls, if there's going to be a football season, I think that the bulls are going to want to, they're going to want to play. Um, plus they'll get the, you know, probably extra exposure just based on how few teams are playing, if, if they are, you know, if the bowl game is going to get played. Um, but yeah, I think moving people around to cities, it would probably require probably a two week quarantine, just showing up at the place. You know, there'd probably be almost like a bubble format just for one game. And you probably wouldn't want to have very many fans. I would love it if they expanded the playoffs to eight and let all six conference champions in plus two at large. I would love it. You know? Let, yeah. Yeah. The Sun Belt champion may, might have to go to LSU or Alabama in the quarterfinal first round, but good for them. How fun. You're in the playoffs. Add a little, little something extra to this season since it's going to be so screwy. Or just make all the championship games play in games. Yeah, that's basically what it would be. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You pick two at large, yeah. I love it. I want it. I don't like bowl games. I'm not a fan. You're not? Oh, any more fans. Any more questions? <laughs> yes. You're not a fan of bowl games? Why are you not a fan I of am bowl not. Games? What, do you hate Unless, too? Do you hate exactly, family yeah. gatherings? I'm the Grinch. Puppies? You hate puppies because they, they – yeah, my dog attacked you the other day. No wonder you hate puppies. <laughs> Zach, he dude met dude. me for life. Too. Yeah, the dude went after him. Did he? Did he try taking his legs out like dude does? Yeah, he not as aggressively yeah. as he does with you, but he did. He did some swatting. Yeah. Do you think that he doesn't like me, or he thinks that I can take it and I'm more likely to play? Oh, he loves you. He dude <laughs> loves you. I mean, he's he, when he's swatting you with his paws, that means he wants to play. You're the favorite. 
Next question, another one from WildcatPilot88. Big 12 schedule reportedly arranged to allow games to be played after postponing. What are the low bar thresholds for postponing a scheduled conference football game, the percentage of team, the percentage of starters, the percentage of campus, et cetera? If there is an outbreak among campus or the community without anyone infected on the team or staff, will practices slash games proceed? We don't know these answers. The Big 12 hasn't had a chance to clarify this. What does warrant a, a postponement, a rescheduling of a game? What does a cancellation? I mean, I don't know. We don't know these parameters yet, and hope, hopefully we'll find out soon. But um, I would think it has to be on-team infections, not like a total number, not just who they are. It's like... Well, we have 20 infections, but those guys suck anyhow, so we're going to go ahead and play. You know, I know someone will try to cancel with the quarterback and running back are out, and that's the only infections on the team. You know, I don't know you should be able to get away with that either. There's got to be a middle ground. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't either. Um, it's just, you know, if the whole offensive line, you know, if a whole position group, I know that's one thing we've talked about, but then again, you know, when the Marlins, I know this is baseball, but when the Marlins tested positive at the beginning of the season, they had all those games postponed. It's like, you guys have a whole bunch of other guys at an alternate training site, call them up. They're not infected. You made your bed. Right. You got to play. That's the way I you feel. You got to play. That's how I feel about this too. And you have all these freshmen that are allowed to play four games. There's less games as it is anyway. You know, you have 125 people available to you at any time. You know, you can you can play. You can almost make three NFL Ross game day rosters out of out of your entire team. There, it's not unreasonable to expect teams to play if everybody tests negative, or you know, the people that test positive, you know, they single them out, and everybody's continues to test negative. I say you gotta play. Maybe you give every team like the, the equivalent of a challenge flag where they get they get one game where they can say, We're unable to play, we need to reschedule this. And then after that it has to go to the conference or something, but uh, I think just you gotta have some real strict guidelines of what means a game's off or rescheduled. Last question of the first half from Contra Cat. Got a couple of questions here. What position group has your highest confidence after a week or two in camp? What grouping has the least confidence and what grouping is the biggest wild card as we head toward the season? My, I think linebackers, I'm fired up for the linebackers. Um, and I'm still worried about the offensive line. And there's a lot of positions in between there, but I think they've raved more about the defensive line than I expected. They're pretty high on this group. It sounds like Khalid Duke's ready to be a every down type of guy, which is really good news. Um, I'm questioning the running backs a little bit. I want to see where they're at. I don't know, but my biggest – I'm excited for the linebackers because having two six-year guys in there with some really good backups is a really good situation for Kansas State. And offensive line, I mean, talking to the coaches, it's pretty obvious. They didn't get enough time together, and we'll see how it all pans out. Yeah, I agree with you. I'll change it up a little bit. Um, defensive end, Khalid Duke is all the rage oh right now. Gosh. 
this dude must be the best player on the team based on how everyone's talking about him in preseason. And you have Wyatt Hubert lining up on the other side. So if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. So, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to. I just think the whole defense, even though you lose your op- or your defensive coordinator and you have a new one, I mean, it's still a coach you had last year, um, but it's an old set of guys, you know, plus, you know, some good newcomers like Khalid Duke. I mean, he played last year, but, you know, an up-and-comer that'll be a big part of this defense. You know, I'm, I'm satisfied with, with what, what the Wildcats are showing on defense. Um, and I talked about this, you know, last week or a few podcasts ago. Lee's confidence is punter. Devin Anktel and Nick Walsh over the last six years have been incredible for K-State. Yeah. It's been six years. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you who the punter was before Nick Walsh, to be completely honest with you. But the punters, you know, punter's an important position. Devin Anktel got the got the ball down the field and probably saved the, saved the cats a few times just based on field position, field position, starting field position for the other team. Um, I have no clue who K state's going to put up punter. no clue. And there's no kicking coach. You know, Sean Snyder's not around anymore in any, any aspect or in any capacity. And he was, you know, he's one of the best punters and a great instructor. Um, who knows, you know, who, we don't know who to ask as far as, you know, obviously it's going to be climbing, but we have no clue who to ask who, who's standing out at punter. You know, it might just be a game one thing and whoever, you know, can boot the ball down the field. That's who you're going to see. But, you know, punter is an underrated position uh, on the football field. Biggest wild card for me, I think, is wide receivers. Um, Malik Knowles, you know, being banged up last year. If he can stay healthy, that's great. If not, that's going to hurt us. Um, young blood. You know, I, I look at him more as a feast or famine type player, so he can have some big games. Um, just kind of the wild card pick for me is, is the wide receiver spot. That's going to be fun to watch. I think they've got a lot of potential there to be really good, or it just doesn't work out. They'll miss Dalton showing more than they realize. That is it. That's or it. numero uno. Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's it for the first half of the Powercat Questions podcast. We hope you come back for the second half. We hope you don't, like, physically leave. I mean, that'd be weird. Like you just wreck your car into the ditch and get out and run. Or if you're at home listening on uh, your phone, you don't throw your phone in the toilet and put the lid down so you can't hear us anymore. That'd be weird. Stick around. More of your questions from Wabash Station coming up. Sponsored by The Fridge. Stay locked in. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the Powercat Questions podcast, sponsored by The Fridge. Our segment sponsors are the High Low and Tanners. Stop in and say High Low at either place. be kind of weird to do that Tanners, but don't go into High Low and say Tanners. That just gets really confusing. Don't do any of that, but make sure you visit them both with great food, great service, great people, great locations right there in Aggieville. The fridge, of course, is out on our side of town, Zach. Fridge is in our mm-hmm. neck of the woods where booze grows on trees. They pick it off so you can have the freshest booze in town right there at the fridge. More questions. Gills, take over. First question of the second half from Wizard6294. If the tests are accurate, how do the real-time saliva COVID tests change the game for sports in 2020? 
Thank you. This is a good question. I thought we'd have this by now. I know it's arriving, but I thought it would have been here by now. That's what my whole thought on school and sports in the fall were all about. We'd have easy, inexpensive, convenient testing. If if this saliva test is accurate and available, imagine on a game day at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, the team show up like five hours before kickoff, and in that first hour, every single player, coach, official, anyone on that field will take a COVID test. I don't know how quickly they can get that turned around, but then they can literally rule people out before kickoff, which I think is the best way to do it. You should be testing yeah. on a Monday after games, a Friday before games, uh, a Saturday before games. Hell, you should test every day of the week if it's as easy as a saliva test. But, gentlemen, I saw a little diagram of the saliva test. Now, I had to do a saliva testing for some other health stuff. Do you realize it's not just like, here, spit on this, and we'll test it. You've got to fill up this vial with saliva. And I am telling you, it is not easy. Yeah. It is. They give you a little straw thing, which I had to have, and you kind of spit down through the straw. And you think you just spit a whole bunch in there, and you look, and it's like one-tenth full. And pretty soon your mouth's dry, and you're trying to find more saliva. I'm thinking of of lemons and things to get my <laughs> my saliva flowing. It was it was not easy. So this this won't be a, a a test that requires someone shoving a giant object up your face. <laughs> it, but it still won't be as easy as I think some people. They'll be standing around spitting into these little tubes, and it's kind of gross. Fitz, you kind of brought up something that I hadn't really thought about, and it's a little bit off topic here, but you mentioned officials. What are the officials going to do? Like, you know, I'm assuming that the officials are going to be tested, you know, regularly and, you know, before games and, you know, whatever. But what happens if an official tests positive, you know, within a couple, you know, 24 hours of the game or they feel symptoms? Like, is the Big 12 going to send extra officials into into games um, just in case? I think that they should. Yeah, absolutely. But... You know, a lot of these officials, you know, they they have a position, so to speak, on the field. That's what they're trained at. You kind of need some flexible guys. I mean, not that not that anybody can't do any position on the football field, but you know, the back judge is the back judge all year. The white hat's the white hat all year. You know, so it'd be be interesting to see, you know, what they do and what what the protocol for officials is. But well, you mentioned officials, and that kind of brought up that thought. And I'm like, well, we really haven't talked about that. I think uh, for K-State games, you just bring in Whit Merrifield because he can do it all. He can do whatever you need. <laughs> he can be a back judge, a side judge, a top judge, an under judge, a, a Wally judge, an Aaron judge. He can do all that. He can do it. He's Ooh. he's amazing. He's amazing. So, yeah. But you do. You need someone. You need guys that, you know, most of them have done all those positions through their career. Yeah, but yeah you're right. They do kind of settle into things. But I think they should. They should have extra officials. They should. We should probably have like a fourth and fifth member of this podcast, just in case, ready to go. We should Stand test by. each other. And we should test before every edition, even though we're Zooming. I'd hate to uh, <laughs> digitally transmit a virus to you guys. It'd be, that's the next thing. We're going to be told, oh, by the way, uh, you can transmit this over Zoom. So you need to quit communicating at all. 
because I saw where you got to wear face masks at home now, and I'm like, oh, no. Uh, no Wait, what? Yeah, that, that, I think that's going to be the next CDC thing is wear a face mask in your own home. I'm like, no, no, <clears throat> people ain't doing it. Mm. You're pushing too far. You're going too far. But, yes, bring extra officials and bring extra beer because I – what are they going to do if the officials tailgate? Seriously. They can't kick the officials out of the parking lot and kick them out of the game. If I was an official, I'd tailgate every game. Just, I think the, the Big 12 would postpone the game and fire the officiating crew. Well, that's, that <laughs> would be true, too. I don't know. It seems like uh, trying to call a football game hammered might be a bad idea. But it might be an improvement for the Big 12. Never know. Might be. Next question from Purple Powerhouse. Does it strike anyone else as odd that the doctors and experts among the Big 12, ACC, and SEC, and the SEC has a, a dollar sign as the S, pretty clever one there, Purple Powerhouse. The SEC all thought it was more or less safe to play football this fall, while the same experts, expert types among the Big 10 and Pac-12 saw the same info, same data, and came to the exact opposite conclusions. What do you guys make of that? Well, they didn't see the same data. Uh, the Big Ten used a study that is now being deemed pretty controversial that the way they did their statistics didn't make sense to statisticians and other scientists. Boy, I'm telling you what, I was reading stuff from people that were disputing it, like really smart people that do this kind of stuff for a living. And when you ask them to put it in layman's terms, you still don't understand what they're talking about. So mm -hmm. uh, it was really confusing. But basically, a lot of smart people are saying the Big Ten study that they used is total trash in the scientific world, that it wasn't done, the study wasn't done correctly, and they skewed their statistical groupings to get a finding. Um, if so, I would say the Big Ten's got big issues. I understand the Pac-12. I mean, no matter how you look at it, they weren't going to play. One, they don't take football very seriously. If you've been out there, they just don't take it as seriously as other conferences. They don't. They can say they do, but they don't. There's... A real movement out there to, you know, really shut everything down over COVID. And they have some pretty big urban centers in their footprint, L.A. and San Francisco, Seattle. So they, they're just being very careful. And their travel isn't as convenient as other conferences travel. So, I, I mean, I think the Pac-12 said, oh, we don't have to play? Okay, good. We're not playing. And everyone knows now nobody's pushing back on the Pac-12. They need to play. It was like, okay, just take the year off. We know. We we understand. Big Ten, they've man, they've got a mess on their hands. They've got parents and players and fans, and now even coaches and presidents are pushing back against the commissioner. It sounds like the commissioner just kind of went full, I don't care what any of you think, we're not doing it. And that's that's a pretty poor sign of leadership. you got to, you know, even if you've made up your mind, you better win over a coalition to – to have your back because nobody appears to have his back right now. Yeah. I, I don't really know. Um, like I mentioned last week, the ACC's report was done by, I think their lead medical experts at Duke medical school yeah. director or, or, you know, someone high up in the Duke medical school, big 12 was a lot of KU med. I know we, we love to punch on KU, but KU meds Trust me, as good of a school as anywhere. Yep. Um, you know, if if we're talking to medical experts here and they're saying, yeah, you know, they can play. Like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, 
communities need to figure out we can have, you know, a number that say we can have this many active cases and be fine and have, you know, still do social distancing, still do face masks, whatever. But hey, you know, pick a number that's, you know, reasonable. And as long as, you know, it's not doubling over a certain number, certain time, certain number of weeks or days, just keeping it in, you know, a ballpark and saying, hey, this is a sustainable amount of people that we can have active at any given time. And if it increases by a lot, you know, change some things, you know, maybe shut some things down. But I think that's going forward. That's the best way to live with it. And I think that's what the, the medical directors of these conferences that are saying play football is, Hey, you know, what, what are our options here? This, the virus isn't going to go away. You know, we can do this. And this is our best chance at having a football season, or we can just shut it down when we could have just, you know, probably had not much of a bigger impact still playing, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, folks, with that said, if you want to visit a football stadium, it is their right to tell you to wear a mask. You, mm -hmm. you have the freedom to choose to go or not, not to wear a mask or not inside their facility. Be clear on that. Um, I don't want to hear one case stater should say, well, I'm going, I'm not wearing a mask. Well, screw you. Let someone go who will play by the rules. Uh, what if I said, I'm not going and I'm not wearing any clothes. I think you might have an objection to that. I think everyone would have an object objection to that. <laughs> if you're a guest in someone's house, you play by their rules. So if Kansas state wants to say face mask for all and God, I would hate it. I can't imagine going to the, if that September 12th game is 98 degrees with 75% humidity, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be in the heat wearing a face mask. I know that. I wouldn't go. So make up your mind whether you want to play by the rules or not and then act accordingly. Well, good thing you didn't come to the recruiting event in Salina back in July. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> that was it was brutal. I can't. But I would have, I mean, I can, I'll do it. I'll do it to, to go to games. You know, I'll do whatever it takes. I don't care how hot it is. Um, but look, I know someone mentioned on, on Wabash saying that once you get in, you know, if you're six feet away, you won't be able, you know, you can take your mask off. No, you can't. If you're coming to the game, you will wear your face mask the entire game, or you will be asked to leave. That's as simple as that. Yeah. You will not you will have a face covering on at Bill Snyder family stadium while a football game is happening, or you will be asked to leave and understand this. You won't just be asked to leave that day. You'll probably be banned from the facilities. That's how seriously they're taking it. So now you can decide if you want to go and wear a face mask or you want to go and cause a scene, a disruption and possibly get kicked out of the stadium for an extended period of time. I mean, just, just play by the rules or don't play at all. Next question from CourtCat44. If the Big Ten and Pac-12 end up not playing a fall season, will the Big 12 see an uptick in recruiting from the increase in national exposure? Also, will the Pac-12 continue to decline because of the absence of a fall season? First things, CourtCat, I don't remember if you've asked a question or not before, but if you have, welcome back. If you haven't, welcome. Welcome. I don't know you haven't posted very much, but welcome. Thanks for your question. Fitz? I, this can't be good for them. I don't – I can't imagine things will have changed so much between now and mid-January when they want to open up practice for a spring season that they'll be able to do it. 
What's going to change, Zach? It's not going to go away in that time period. Even if there is a vaccine that comes out, it won't be widespread enough in usage to really make a difference right away. Yeah, I mean, the reality is there's not going to be a vaccine in time for football or for a fall football season. Um, So, yeah, the way I read the question is if the Big Ten and Pac-12 realize that their pants are down and they need to pull them back up to play some football, you know, if they make that decision in the next month or two, you know, as far as not playing. But I think that, yeah, the Big 12, this is going to benefit the Big 12. It will. If – I mean, you know, potential transfers. Yeah, I don't know if any guys are transferring right now and being able to show up on campus, um, you know, at this time. But, yeah, it's it's going to have a big effect, especially look at the states that, that the Big 12 recruits from. I mean, I mean, at the very least, Kansas State, you have Kansas. They're going to play football. Oklahoma's going to play football. Texas, they're going to play football. I mean, Texas is a giant pipeline. I think Florida's playing football, probably the entire South. So it's the SEC is going to going to continue. You know, it's going to increase their exposure and their uh, long term stability as far as recruiting goes, because all those you know all their schools and their in their recruiting base are are playing football. Uh, a lot of these Big Ten places, you know, if Michigan's not, I don't know what states. You know, I'm just pulling states out of my out of my rear end here, but you know, if a lot of these Northern states aren't playing football where the big 10 schools are and where they recruit from, yeah, it's going to hurt them, but it might, it might hurt nationwide too. It might not, not just be big 12, you know, entire regions will suffer. And this could shift, not that it's going to shift it a lot, but it could shift the landscape of college football recruiting significantly. Well, first of all, congratulations on pulling Texas out of your your rear end. That's quite a <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have hey, Florida, to be hey. honest. But, hey, you know, hey. Out of Alaska. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it uh, could be used as a hammer on the recruiting trail for anyone going up against a Big Ten or Pac-12 institution, that they're not committed to playing football, that, that you know, they'll back away from it. Do you want to make sure, you know, what if this pops up again in two years and they cancel your junior season? Really what it comes down to is will these conferences that are playing be able to execute a season with enough success to win that argument? Or do they get two games in and say, well, that didn't work at all. We better shut her down. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, we, it's hard to predict the impact of this, but the fact that conferences are deciding not to play will sure would scare me from going to those conferences. Next question from Go Youper Cat. He is also a new poster here on Wabash. So welcome to the site. Welcome to the podcast. If Trey Lance enters the transfer portal, does Coach Kleiman pick up the phone? Oh, absolutely he would, but yeah. Trey Lance isn't going to enter the portal. Trey's just going to take off the spring and train with people to get him ready for the NFL because he'll be eligible for the draft in the spring. So what a disaster for North Dakota State to get a really, even though they've had great quarterbacks, just a really, really incredible quarterback. I, who knows what they could have done with him yeah. this season. They might have won a national championship. Um, <laughs> he's just so good, and I think he'll just take it off and say, you know what, thank you, Fargo, but I, I, I'm going to get ready for the NFL. Uh, but, yeah, how do you not? Everyone will for that kid. 
I don't think he'd come to K-State. If he really wanted to transfer, he'd end up at, God, I'm going to say at Oklahoma or, you know, someplace like <laughs> LSU. Yeah, someplace that has taken transfer quarterbacks and won titles or done well with them. Yeah, I agree. I, it wouldn't make sense for him to to enter the portal one, two, even to come to K-State, but it is fun to dream about. It's a fun thing to think about. Um like I said, probably not going to be able to come this season. I don't know what, I don't know what transfers are like, you know, what the rules are there. Um, especially with camp starting and, you know, I I think, yeah, that's, that's a good point too. You'd have to sit out. So, you know, I don't think that he'd want to extend his, his career that way, but fun thing to think about and a good question. Next question from purple powerhouse. I'm probably behind the curve on this one, but has there been any scuttlebutt on possible uniform variations this year, or are we mainly sticking with the ones from last year? My personal favorite was the all-time whites, was the all-whites, pardon me, with the power cat on the helmet. You know, I think that they've they've taken some new pictures with those jerseys. We talked about this a couple weeks ago where I posted it on Twitter where the lighting was just kind of off. The the jersey looks like it's the same color, but yeah, like like I mentioned and got into and was real technical and nerdy about it, it's just a new template. So as far as jerseys go, nothing new. They might have new pants. Who knows? They are practicing in the white helmets. So it wouldn't surprise me if the white helmets were uh, if it became the quote unquote primary helmet, um, if they're going to play with it in fall camp, but then again, maybe it's just, they didn't practice with those helmets very much last year. Maybe it's just a way of breaking them in this year. And you've already got the silver one broken in if you were on the team already. So, you know, maybe it's just a, a conditioning thing for the helmet, but, um, yeah, I don't expect anything. Um, anything new especially with what they did with the uniforms they could have they could have changed whatever but it was just a a simple template update so it's kind of kind of strange to to see that they didn't do anything major when they had every opportunity to but then again covid might have played yeah. a factor you know as far as supplies go because when they design these uniforms i mean you got to get your order in in like september so you know who knows what K-State did a year ago and if they did do something a year ago, if that changed and maybe it did and they had to, to, you know, source different materials and put, you know, something that was basically the same as last year. So I don't really know. Or they're going to have all new uniforms and they're keeping it all secret. You know, like black uniforms, orange uniforms, blue uniforms, camo uniforms. I'd love to see them go all soccery. Clear uniforms. Come up with bright yellow away uniforms just for for no good reason with a big old sponsor on the front right Briggs. that would be k-state sponsor or what 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 would it be or bnsf yeah Yeah. (laughs) carl no it'd be the carl and mary ice family uh jersey sponsor i love it yeah I, i hope they have some different looks maybe helmets might be easier to do but I'm not expecting anything. I just want football. They can wear yeah. generic uniforms if I get football. Can they? I'm going to say it fits. Can they wear the cat script? Can they wear the cat script? I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. You'll take. You'll take the alcohol and no pass outs at halftime, and you'll take the cat's helmet if it means football. Uh, I, you know, if they're playing in the cat script helmet, I think we all realize that you're going to need the alcohol. 
Because <laughs> they just lose in it. Next question from WCAT. Any thought on the basketball season? How does canceling fall sports in some conferences impact the basketball season? I don't see how you're going to play basketball. First of all, it's indoors. Second of all, half the teams are canceling until the start of the year. I think the NCAA just needs to come out and move everything. Just say, hey, we're going to start in the middle of January and end up in May and whatever. But that would mean leadership by the NCAA, which <laughs> is not happening. And when it does happen, it's like everyone's made up their mind. Well, we don't think you should play. You know, it's like, well, thanks, guys. We're, we're moved on without you. Uh, I think that basketball is actually more likely and more feasible to play than football, especially, I mean, based on, you know, everything the pros are doing right now. I mean, look at the bubbles. If, if colleges do end up going to online, I think North Carolina has already gone to all online because they had a hundred some kids test positive and they're like, Hey, uh, student body, you guys got to stay home and we're going to go all, all online within a week. They're all online. So if, if, all these schools end up going to online classes. And if everybody's equal and they're online, you know, the players are going to want to play regardless of what you want to talk about as, you know, amateur athletes and should they be playing or not, they're going to want to play. And if everybody's online, a bubble format for conference play is quite feasible. I mean, you can get everybody together in Kansas City. I think so, I don't know if this is Wabash or if this is something I saw on Reddit. Sorry if it was on Wabash and and I don't credit you, but it was a it was a great thing that someone said. You know, come to Kansas City three times. You'll stay there for two weeks and play six games. Then go two weeks off, go back home, do whatever, and then come back to Kansas City for two weeks, play six games, go back. You know, you can play a full season in Kansas City or wherever they want to play it. Right. You know, wherever they want to bubble them. Kansas city is just as easy as, as anything, especially with the tournament and uh, tournament already being there. And they, you know, the facility is big enough to have separate locker rooms and and whatever else you need. Well, you have a second arena right there too, where you you could play. That's true. Separate games. I mean, you could play separate games. I mean, you could even go to Kemper, which they've completely renovated, but I mean, they've got courts in there. If you want to set it up and, create a little, you know, a way to broadcast it. You know, that's another option too, if you wanted to play even more games, but you're not going to need to because, you know, you play two games, two or three, two or three games a day, you know, and if you have two arenas, you know, that's plenty for 10 teams, but you know, a bubble format, a conference only play for basketball and a bubble only format is not unrealistic in my eyes. And you could even move up the, you know, you could play once a month, you know, six games a month over the course of two weeks, um, you know, you could start the end of November, you know, go November, December, January, February, March, you know, you can have a decent season that way. Um, and, and do a bubble format, you know, I don't think that's really unrealistic. If, no. if everybody's online, if you're not having to go to class in person, everybody can do online. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I think it was Eric Martin, a former K-State assistant who's with hugs at West Virginia, who put that out the, the bubble in Kansas City idea. Oh, on Twitter. Yeah. And, okay. uh, yep. I mean, you could do like a bubble in Dallas, a bubble in Oklahoma City, and a bubble in Kansas City three times, 18 games, six games apiece. Yeah. I think you can get it done. I think you could. It'd be a, a lot of basketball for the guys, but I think that's what they'd want. I think they would yeah. love to play, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. 
Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, go home. Yeah, I think that's that's reasonable. And even you could even do non-con. You could do a non-con bubble. You know, split up the bubbles in November. You know, have a Big 12 South bubble in Dallas, Big 12 North bubble in Kansas City. Bring in you know five non-con teams. If you have two arenas, you know multiple arenas in in these metros. You know you can play multiple games in a day at each one. You know you can really feasibly get basketball played. Yep, go through and a lot of it. Go through five non-con games in a two-week period. Be easy. Everyone's going to play the same teams. I kind of like it. I mean, they already do it. I mean, KU and K State play a lot of similar non-con opponents as it is, and a lot of you know regionally too, Nebraska. Iowa State, whoever else, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, a lot of these teams, they go on the road. A lot of these, these uh, you know, low-major, mid-major teams, you know, they play 11 games in a row on the road, and they're not going home between games because they're not chartering flights. they got a bus. So they're already doing a lot of distance learning. I mean, how much really changes if you put everybody into a bubble? I know. People don't realize that it, if, if basketball is in season – those kids aren't in the classroom nearly as much as you think they're, they're getting a, those. There's a lot of pressure on the professors to get, you know, the special, all the work done for them, get yeah. it out for them, get, make sure they're able to have their tutors on the road. So it's, uh, yeah. I'm all for it. I think it's a really cool idea actually to play a full conference season. And Zach, I really do like your addition. Maybe you even do, uh, two bubbles with the big East, one in Kansas yeah. city, one in, wherever they want to have theirs and split your conference in half and everyone yeah. you play five and five. See, it's, it's so much easier with basketball than it is football because you have 12 guys, 15 guys, you know, less than 30 in your traveling party. And you could even reduce that from what you may need on a normal, on a normal day. You don't need 20 managers at a home game. You know, you got all that there. You know, you can take a couple managers, they wash the jerseys and that's that. You know, like it's you know, you can you can reduce the number of people and the potential exposures there significantly. I love it. But yeah. But you mentioned it too, the online class thing. Wyatt Hubert, I mean, he's a football player, but he he's his only class. I don't know how he's allowed to take only 3 credit hours this semester. It seemed very strange <laughs> to me and him admitting that just seemed a little Needed a follow up there, I think. And uh, yeah, maybe it's because it's his last three hours on his degree. That might be it. I thought it was odd, but yeah, yeah, three hours <laughs> remote. <laughs> yeah, but he says, yeah, it's all online. And but a lot of these basketball players, you know, they're only taking online classes too. So in the first place, that was something. Not, but, yeah. they, they said they had the uh, the the ability to switch to online. They could just say, "I want online," and I really think this football team so locked in. They might be opting for that. They, they're looking around, seeing their student fellow students having a great time in Aggieville. Good for them, but I don't want to be in a classroom with them. So I'm yeah. going to go online. Last question of the podcast from Adam K sixty three. Oh, that guy. What is Robert Lipson going to do without walking through all the tailgates this year? Ooh. And will the team take him to road conference games to help preserve his conference road streak? Ooh. These are big questions. Maybe we should all save the best for last. Maybe we should all like prepare Ziploc food bags for Robert and take him somewhere. Yeah, he he builds up his 
Yeah, that's not good. Uh, road games, too. He won't be able to get in. He'll go. He just won't be able to get in. That's Robert. He'll, he'll, he'll say, I win. I just couldn't get in the stadium. I, I don't Someone know. will get him a ticket. He'll get a ticket somehow. Somehow. I love the idea uh, of just having 50,000 cutouts of Robert at the stadium. And how about yeah. this? We take it the next step. We record him and put him over the loudspeakers. Like that voice. Yelling, kick the hornet's nest. <laughs> he certainly should be doing that at baseball. Yeah. But uh, that's the only one I remember. It's been a while since I've been to a baseball game and heard him chant all of his, his weird, chants weird and stuff. Strange, strange player disses for the other team. <laughs> Adam, I'm glad you're looking out for Robert. We need to think of how this is going to impact Robert. Um, what is his official streak at? A million trillion. I mean, seriously, he's been to every road game since the 70s. This is crazy. It's crazy. I don't know. Conference games. But I think we could give him an asterisk if he can't go. I mean, it's a pandemic. And pandemic, yeah. he should get his way. Did he go to Tokyo? Yeah, they took him on the plane. I want you to stop and think about that. Someone was on a plane in a seat next to Robert all the way to Tokyo. And back after the loss. That's a lot of questions to be asked and answered. God bless him. So, Zach, Zach, uh, what, what, what music you listening to? Do you, do you like uh, that hip-hop? Are you into hip-hop at all? Do you like the hip-hop? I, I don't. I listen to Jim Rome. Jim, that's who I listen to. Um, is he still on the radio? It's Very off topic. I think so. Somewhere. Somewhere. I don't know that he is around here, but I think he is part of like uh, CBS uh, Sports Network or, or Fox or something. I don't know. I, I listen to him on my computer. Go Cats. Don't get a flat tire. You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.